0: Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month Podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. And now, your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation. Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month Podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. I'm your host, Scott Peckford, and today I'm going to talk about the principle of commitment. And as I've said, I'm doing a series right now on what I'm calling the science of brokering and i'm looking at behavior science and then talking about how that translates into your mortgage business and trying to give you some very specific tactics that you can use that are not just backed by you know what we've seen work for our coaching clients but also backed by science and so i'm kind of a nerd so i like this stuff and so hopefully you find it valuable and so today i'm talking about the principle of commitment And what that means is that people will tend to do as much as possible to appear consistent with their words and actions, even to the extent that they'll do things that are irrational. So I'll give you an example of this. And so there was a study done where they went into a neighborhood and they said, hey, can we put this big, ugly sign on your lawn that says drive safe? And of course, the compliance rate was very low. They're like, I don't really want a big sign on my lawn. And so then they went into another neighborhood and they said, okay, we're gonna do this in two stages. Stage one, we're gonna go and ask people, hey, would you mind putting up a little sticker in your window or on your door saying, drive safely in our neighborhood? And people were like, yeah, okay, that's a small commitment. 10 days later, they came back and they asked, hey, can we put a sign in your yard? And they found that when people had made the small commitment of the sticker, the chances of them saying yes to the sign increased by 400%. So just think about that for a second. They literally increased their conversion by 400% by getting that small commitment first. The sign was still ugly. Nothing changed about the sign. It was the exact same type, but we're not rational. When we make a decision, so we made that commitment of like, you know, I'm the type of person who thinks that people should drive safe in their neighborhood. Then for me to tell you no, when you come back and ask to put a sign up, I'm not being consistent, therefore I'm going to say yes. And when we don't, so when we have this inner conflict where I say I'm one thing or this is my belief and I act another way, we can have something what's called cognitive dissonance. And this is where we have this mental conflict where our beliefs and our behaviors are not aligned. And we'll do a lot of mental manipulation to feel comfortable in this. And so a couple examples on that. So I remember reading about Al Capone, like you've killed all these people and you know, terrible human, da da da. And his response was, I just help people have fun. And in his mind, he truly believed that. You know, he didn't think of himself as a bad guy, even if the law thought he was. Or I remember also reading about how El Chapo, who was at one point the largest drug dealer in the world, like a couple billion dollar a year drug cartel out of Mexico. And they asked him, he said, I'm not a violent man, but yet he admits to killing two to 3,000 people personally. So, but in his mind, the way that he managed these things is that maybe a violent man would enjoy it. Maybe he doesn't enjoy it for him. It's just business. I don't know, but it's amazing the lengths that we'll go to in order to have that behavior and belief in alignment. And so that's cool, Scott, but how does that relate into my mortgage business? And how can I use this? And so I'm going to give you three examples of tactics that are very practical for you where you can use it. And so the first one is when I used to meet with clients, I don't anymore because now we run a training and coaching company. But when I used to meet with mortgage clients and I was always trying to get referrals from my realtor partners, so I'd be like, okay. And what I found is, is that if I asked a client, I'm like, hey, who's your realtor? And they would say, it's Bob Smith. That's why I'd write that down. And then one of the things I did in my process with that client is I always educate them on what a good realtor looked like. And what I found is that if I asked them who their realtor was, and then I described what a good realtor looked like, they would basically hold to the realtor they'd already told me. And the reason is because they don't want to look stupid. So if I say to them, hey, who's your realtor? And they say, Bob Smith. And I say, oh, here's when you're looking for a realtor, here's the things you need to look for. Most people don't want to look stupid. And so they just, they cling to that realtor. And I literally increased the number of referrals I generated by flipping the script. So instead of asking who the realtor was, I didn't ask. Thank <laughs> I would just say look you need to get a realtor let me explain to you what a good realtor looks like I would go through educating them on this and then only at the end I would ask if they have a realtor and I found that I would increase the number of referrals that I could get for realtors three to four times easily and I remember one time I was sitting down with a client and I was doing this and they were young first-time buyers and I'm going through this whole process of educating them and at the end he's like well we have a realtor but who do you recommend and so I started digging into this and it turns out that it was his father-in-law was the realtor and from the me educating him on what a good realtor looks like, probably in his mind is like, that doesn't sound like my father-in-law. I want to know who you recommend, Scott. And I'm like, dude, look, I can't recommend. Normally, I'd say no problem. You know what? Go with one of my realtor partners who's going to take good care of you. But in this case, it is not wise for you to ditch your father-in-law in in order to go to a realtor that I recommended because, you know, you don't want to do that with your father-in-law. You're going to have to you know be with him for years and years potentially. So that only happened because I didn't initially make him make a stand that he had already made the right choice. And so this is where this turns up. So I just flipped the script in that scenario. So think about in your own mortgage practice, are you getting people to make commitments on things? things that you then now have to like, back out of or you make a commitment on something you say, Hey, this is going to be your rate. And oh, my gosh, now you're stuck that you have to try to deliver that somehow, even if you make no money. And so just be really careful about that principle of commitment because it also works on you as well. So that's the first tactic. The second is, is what I call the who else tactic. So let's say you're talking to a real estate agent or a referral source. and They're like, Oh, my gosh, Scott, like your team's communication is on point. It is so good, right? Most of us like, Hey, man, thanks so much. And so what you want to do in these scenarios is they just complimented you, I call it the who else tactic. So hey, man, I really appreciate that. So who else basically, what other real estate agents do you know that would appreciate that kind of communication. So they have just said to you how great you are, and they raved about you. And now for you to flip the script and use the who else saying who else do you know that would appreciate this level of communication, they're not gonna be like, uh, nobody because then they feel stupid right? So they literally have just painted themselves into a corner, you know, psychologically, but you have to know when to do this. So, right. So it makes sense. So that's the second way The who else tactic. So the first is don't get your clients to like commit to, you know, who their realtor is until you've actually explained what a good realtor is. The second is use the who else tactic when somebody compliments you and this can use on anything. And then the third is getting micro yeses to get a big yes. And so I'll explain this a little bit more. There was a study done at medical clinics where, they reduce missed appointments by 18%. And all they did was they said they had the person who was booking the appointment, write it down. So if the person writing down the appointment, it's like, well, I wrote down the appointment, It now sticks in my brain, it's mine, I own it. And so just that one little tweak, right? So imagine these one little adjustment, 18% reduce the number of no-shows. And then I experienced this myself. I went to a Brian Buffini, who's a real estate trainer. When I was a brand new mortgage broker, this was like 16 years ago, and I went to one of his conferences. He's amazing, like the guy's an amazing communicator, great speaker. And over the course of the two days, every time he says something that is common sense, or that you go, yeah, you want to agree with, he says, if you agree with me, say I so you say yes, yes. So he do this hundreds of times over the course of the two days. And then at the end, he said, Hey, look, I've got some coaching spots. This is how many I got if you want it, you know, say yes. And I literally almost had a seizure not to sign up to get coached as a realtor, even though I wasn't a realtor, because I was like, I was sitting in my chair going, Oh, my gosh, because I had that cognitive dissonance. And every time this guy says something that I agree with, I say yes. And now when he says, Hey, do you want to do this? Well, of course i would i've said yes to everything else why wouldn't i say yes to this too so it was amazing how uncomfortable i felt not signing up to be coached as a real estate agent like even though see it was irrational i was like well it wasn't really going to help me in my mortgage business It may have helped a little bit but it wasn't specifically what i needed but i really fought hard not to do it and i felt very uncomfortable about it so that's what happens when we make those little commitments So in your mortgage business, one of the things that we coach on is what we call our perfect realtor pitch, where we show you how to pitch to real estate agents, kind of like a listing presentation. And at the end of that presentation, what we'd say to people is that look, when you get to the end, we ask the real estate agents, Hey, look, hopefully you enjoyed this. Can I add you to my preferred realtor program? And most realtors like, yeah, sure. This made a lot of sense. Why not? Awesome. And then what we do is we have an all about you form where we start asking a bunch of questions and get them to okay, find a bunch of information about them. And then at the end of that, we say, hey, awesome, looking forward to working with you. With that in mind, who are you working with right now that could use our help? That literally has been absolutely a killer strategy for us because what happens is they're making all those micro guesses by giving you that information. And now when you ask for a referral and the record that we have on that is five. So one of our coaching clients, this guy named Justin, who absolutely crushed it, his record is five referrals at the end of that conversation, dropping that in. You know doing the pitch but then adding that on the back end and it absolutely makes a difference because again the principle of commitment so hopefully that helps you guys in your business remember the first tactic is don't ask them who they use for a realtor until you explain what a good realtor does you'll find that they're going to be more open to listening to who you recommend second don't forget the who else tactic so if you get a compliment hey thanks so much man who else do you know that could use x who would appreciate x and that's an easy way to get referrals finally engineer your process, your pitches, your conversations to get lots of micro yeses so that when you get to the big yes, they say yes to it. It's baked into science. It's baked into our brains. It absolutely works. We've seen it work tactically on a you know street level in the mortgage business, but it works in science studies that they do on human behavior. So hopefully this helps you in your business. If you're listening to this and you're like, hey, man, this is kind of cool stuff, Scott. We have a 10 months a month academy where we have some amazing coaches who all have a different superpower and we have limited space in that. Which is absolutely true. All of these people are very busy mortgage brokers. And so they do a little bit of coaching. And if you want to check that out, go to 10loansamonth.com. We will send you an invite to an info session, let you know who the coaches are, when the spots are opened up. You can check that out. The next episode that I'm going to be talking about is on the framing effect. So there's a psychological principle called the framing effect and how this can alter our perceptions and our choices in any given situation. So hopefully you check that out. Thanks again for listening to this episode. I appreciate you guys. Please leave a review, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you and just keep crushing it out there in your mortgage biz. This is an I love mortgage brokering production.